welcome to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavelle. Yes, State Senator Paul Lavelle, I represent the 11th Senatorial District in Missouri. And um, uh, we're going to hear guidance from Mayor Dyer for him. We're going to talk about state government, local government, local politics. We're trying to keep him informed um, on what's going on. And um, I'm really happy <laughs> to be here, as always, with uh, Independence Mayor Pro Tem Chris Brandon. Chris, welcome. Thank you very much, Paul. It is always a pleasure to be here on the Dialogue Program. One of the highlights of my week, as you know, I like to mention that every time that we broadcast, but uh, I really enjoy getting together and sharing with the people. I ran on transparency and communication, and I want to serve uh, with transparency and communication. And that's really what this program is all about. You can hear Heck yeah, us um, as a podcast. You can see us as a video podcast, soon you'll be able to join the program in person what? and ask questions in person and as we grow this sounds like news yeah we just grow this opportunity to um really speak with constituents and, and keep them informed um also like to welcome to the program courtney cole courtney is the executive director of the missouri senate um uh, missouri democratic party senate project there we go it's welcome courtney thank you thank you for having me again how have you been I've been well, thank you. How are you? Great. Good, I'm glad to hear it. And it's great to have um, everyone here. Last week was kind of our last week because it was a video session. Mm -hmm. Um, We uh, did the dialogue program in a little different way by only showing you the video part of it. (laughs) Um, And then we did hearing you, I think. So I I think part of what I'll do is is go back over some of the important videos um, because I've been getting lots of questions about Hey, how the video session will go, um, sound pretty rough, and, and maybe even this week away from it, I can give you even more uh, uh, insight on, on what it means. Ooh, that'd be great. So, um, that's good. Then what we like to do always is start with the news. It's true. Now, the weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. Thank you very much. I am Chris Whiting with your weekly news roundup. Governor withholds spending from veto overrides. As expected, Governor Jay Nixon on September 12th exercised his constitutional powers to thwart the Republican-controlled General Assembly's attempt to restore about $54 million in vetoed spending authority to the fiscal year 2015 state budget. Nixon, Nixon said his action was necessary to keep the state budget in balance. During their annual veto session on September 10th, lawmakers overrode 47 of the 160 line-item budget vetoes Nixon had issued over the summer. In doing so, however, most lawmakers acknowledged there wouldn't be sufficient money in the state treasury to cover the restored spending authority and fully expected Nixon to exercise his constitutional withholding power. Under the Missouri Constitution, as it currently exists, budget withholdings aren't subject to legislative review. However, earlier this year, the legislature placed a proposed constitutional amendment on the November 4th statewide (laughs) ballot that, if ratified by Missouri voters, would allow lawmakers to override the governor's budget withholdings by two-thirds supermajorities in both legislative chambers, just as they can with line-item vetoes. Why does he do that? I don't know. No, go ahead. (laughs) Supporters of the proposal, Amendment 10, say it will provide an important legislative check against the governor's existing constitutional authority to unilaterally impose mid-year spending cuts without legislative consent. 
Opponents say Amendment 10 will severely weaken the Missouri Constitution's strong balanced budget requirement by limiting the governor's power to restrict spending when the state revenue collections are insufficient to cover expenditures budgeted by the legislature. So this is the repercussions of the veto session last week where 47 of the line items were over overrode. Uh, one that I talked about extensively is the um, takeover of the Independence Crime Lab by the Missouri um, Highway Patrol. That's a great thing. I was very happy that we overrode that, and then it was withheld. We kind of knew the governor was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, what was very interesting, again, about these uh, different um, – line items that were overrode is that it was all bipartisan. I, I don't I think only one member um, didn't support them. So wow. so there's there's thirty four in the Senate, two vacant seats, so thirty three people and no, the thirty one people were for these. And that is kind of the message I've been telling people about veto session. It, you think it's a partisan thing. It ended up being on one issue, but it really was this um, idea between the legislature and the governor and who has the right to do things. Now, this uh, constitutional amendment, Amendment 10, um, of course the governor um, believes it's not good because it restricts his his power a bit. Um, I support it because you do have to get a two-thirds majority to a, do this. A supermajority. Yeah, and, you know, that if, if the legislature's empowered to appropriate, they should be – that you shouldn't have to appropriate and then hope the governor spends the money you appropriate mm-hmm. with a power just to withhold. Right. And, and that doesn't seem to make sense. And that two-thirds majority to override that to make him is a, is a pretty big hurdle to overcome, mm-hmm. even in the supermajorities that the Republicans have. So he can't do it without your consent. Right. That's important. Right. And the I, I have no idea what you mean by that. I don't know what... Do well, you have any clue what he meant? Yes, I know okay. what he's saying. But <laughs> Thank you. Okay. No, the legislature doesn't have control over whether the governor withholds funds right. or not. Once they decide to override right. the veto, then which they did, now the governor has come back and is still withholding the funds, right. even mm-hmm. though we they're app- there. We appropriate the money. I mean, the legislature is supposed to appropriate the money, and, and that means say what's going to be spent. And then if the governor doesn't do it because he says withholding, he's just it's, – it's against – what really the purpose or, or the uh, intent of the Constitution is. So then there's no check, but if this Amendment 10, as you call it, passes, yeah. there would be a chance with a supermajority right. to say, uh-uh, you're going to spend that money anyway. That's right. <laughs> now, the other basic issue, and yeah. I'm working on legislation to start the conversation to fix this, is that what we do every year is that we budget on what's called the consensus revenue number. So the governor's folks... And then leaders of the legislature try to come up with an, an idea of where they think the, the revenue will be for the next year. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, this is the first year in a very long time when they didn't agree on the same number. The governor had a higher number than the legislature. Now, what many states do, and I think it's something that we should look into, is appropriate what we did last year. And then if it's above or 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 even take into account that that regular growth that happens, right? Because there's only been one year in the last, you know, 40 years where we haven't grown, 2008, during the Great Recession. Uh, are we far enough away from it to call it something? I think, we, yeah, I don't know if it has a title yet. Yeah. You should you should coin a phrase. Okay, the, I call it the Great Recession. Okay. Of 2008. 
And um, all right. Yeah. Well, well, you're welcome to have. I'm open to any other ideas. Well, you keep talking. I'll think. Okay. So, um, so if you if you just plan on instead of some weird estimation, oh, I think we're this year we're going to grow five percent. Last year we only did four percent. Next year we'll do six percent. Just do a, like a standard three percent growth that we, which which is the average based on what we did last year. Um, then, if there is extra money, add that extra amount into um, funds for the next year after that. So anyway, you, you guys are you seem pretty excited about this budget idea yeah. that I have. Thrilling, <laughs> isn't it great? Yeah. But the idea, Heck all yeah, this, all this problem is that we don't budget correctly and mm-hmm. we don't have sound tax policy and it's the nitty-gritty of government and we should look at a different way of budgeting. If we had a different way of budgeting, then we would have uh, more agreement on what we should be spending and what we shouldn't be spending. This whole vetoes that were overridden is the legislature believing we have the money to spend, the governor believing we don't. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting to me because you have Thank a, you. a whole capital... <laughs> Full of legislators who are very quick to criticize the federal government in regard to their budget mm-hmm. and how they do things, but yet they pass a budget and then they come back and pass other bills that will then affect the budget differently than they had passed originally. Mm-hmm. And so, how I know that you had said that that's standard practice, but yes. I just don't feel it's responsible. Yeah, budgeting. I would. I would agree with you too. And then, then again, part of it is that they looked at a different fiscal impact than the governor looked at. Mm-hmm. So we're not agreeing on numbers. Right. So you could really look at the majority and say, good job, you're you're doing what you need to do to spend our money on what you, what was appropriated. Or you could say, good job, governor, the money's not there, don't, don't spend it. We don't know what the real numbers are, and the way that we budget now, the only way we know is at the end of the year, it, mm-hmm. who was right and who was wrong. So it's just projected? Yes, You're basing just projected. it off of projected? Right. A strange projection. So... That may be something that yeah, we the, need to figure out. We talked a lot about How does the city do it? How do we... How do you... For the next budget cycle... Well, for the next budget cycle, we you know we look at what we spent last time. Okay. And we, per department, come up with budgeted monies. But we run into similar things. For instance, uh, we've had a fairly cool summer. So mm-hmm. our hey. utility has not pulled in the money that was projected. And mm. so the franchise fees that go into the general fund haven't met up with expectations. So now we're having to look at, okay, where else can we, you know, dink and dunk and, and cut back so that we stay within our budgeted amount. So wouldn't that have helped you though, given the fact that we had a cooler summer? It would have helped a warmer summer would have helped because you so tell it, sell more electricity. Would it would have sold more electricity with oh. people's air conditioning and then sure. collected more franchise fees. Oh, so, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. And we have a very healthy uh, enterprise fund and Independence Power and Light. So they weren't hurt too badly by the cool summer. But uh, by the city charter, we can't just dip into franchise funds mm-hmm. for Other general things. fund purposes. Yeah. So, okay. I see. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks, Chris. Next story. Moving on. <clears throat> Appeals Court says Amendment 6 language misleading. A three-judge panel of the Missouri Court of Appeals on September 15th unanimously ruled that ballot language written by the Republican-controlled General Assembly for a proposed constitutional amendment relating to early voting is, and I quote, insufficient and unfair, end quote, and likely to mislead voters. 
the court substituted its own language for the measure, which will appear on the November 4th statewide ballot. Amendment 6 would allow for a six-day early voting period, excluding weekends, starting two weeks before a general election. However, early voting would be allowed only if the legislature authorized a funding for a given election. The legislature voted to put Amendment 6 on the ballot with the passage of H.J.R. 90 in May. All but a few Republicans supported H.J.R. 90, while Democrats unanimously opposed it, arguing that making early voting constitutionally subject to state appropriations means early voting is unlikely to ever actually take place. So, <coughs> I got in the middle of this debate um, quite a bit, and what what was supposed to be on a petition initiative was a real early voting. You know, a real, like other states do, even Kansas does it, you know, six weeks, no um, fault absentee, and, and very convenient voting. What this did, with, it restricted the time you can voting, but there was sometimes um, a week before, but not the two days before, and all this, only between eight and five, all the stuff that the clerks wanted to do throughout the state and to trump the real early voting is what the Republicans wanted to do. So it's not uh, surprising to me, this headline, that the language is misleading, because the whole proposition was misleading to get rid of real early voting. Uh, I'm of the belief that more people vote, the better the system is going to be. Republicans have a completely different pros uh, uh, belief in, in that. They believe less people vote is better for them. And that's, I think that's sad, Chris. Well... It, it certainly doesn't make me happy. Yeah. And has history proven that out, where you have elections where fewer people vote, Republicans tend to win, and, and vice versa, or, or do I, you know? I think that's true, and I think we do better when we have Democrats in office, too. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yes. that's, that's my thought. Yeah. Well, and certainly it, it makes more sense mm -hmm. um, to have more people voting. We want an engaged society. Yeah. yeah, we absolutely do. And am I continuing with this story or moving no. on? Next one. All right. Desi, that's Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, Commissioner Nicastro to retire at year's end. Really? Huh. Let's see what this has to say. Missouri Commissioner of Education Chris Nicastro announced on September 15th her plans to retire at the end of 2014. Nicastro has served in the top administrative post at the Missouri Department of Elementary and Education since 2009, following a long career as a teacher and local school again. superintendent. The State Board of Education will begin the process of selecting her replacement in the coming weeks. Although praised by some, Nicastro has been criticized in recent years for her handling of very controversial education issues. Several state lawmakers like last state year, Senator Paul Lavota, what? called for her resignation amid allegations that she improperly meddled to ensure a certain bidder was awarded a state contract to develop recommendations for a possible overhaul the Kansas City School District. A state auditor's report issued last month found the process Desi used in awarding the contract was potentially biased in favor of the winning bidder. Can we enjoy this for a second? Sure. I didn't have the song from uh, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I think I know which one you're referring to. <laughs> Starts ding ding, I think. Yeah. This is good news. And it's a year late, um, mm -hmm. but uh, this, this uh, um, commissioner has not been good for education, has implemented uh, MSET 5, which has only uh, increased um, requirements while we're reducing resources to 
um, schools. She has not been communicated with uh, uh, with educators or um, legislators or teachers or anyone. Tried to rig a, a, a process that would affect the Kansas City area. The auditor showed that. Um, just all kinds of bad stuff was why I was myself and Senator Maria uh, Chappelle <laughs> Nadal were the two people saying that she should resign last year. And um, I guess this maybe saves her face, but she's going to be gone. And I think we need a stronger person who's going to work with all people involved to improve our education in the state of Missouri. And so perhaps I'm happy exercise with that. Uh, a bit of integrity in the job. Yeah. Very so good. that's probably about it, isn't it? That's all we have for this week on your weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty, taking care of all your real estate needs. Well, Chris. Yes, sir. You've done an amazing job again. Well, thank you. When it comes to our uh, news. Well, it's what I do. And we're going to do something that we usually don't do here on the dialogue program. We're going to take a break. What? What? Wait, that's the wrong thing. Oh. Hang on, I'll act surprised again okay. once the music starts. You mean I meant to do that? Yeah, this is this is where we decide. We're going to take a little bit of a break, a little commercial break. What? Commercials, information, but we'll be back with more dialogue. Oh, thank heaven. Hi, this is Chris White, and I got something to say. I want to tell you about my friends at Liberty Realty, people that give you freedom from home buying pressure. Our country is all about freedom, right? But where's your liberty when you buy a home? It seems like everyone is after your wallet instead of helping you find a home that fits your needs. You need your liberty. Liberty Realty, that is. They work for you. They protect your rights. Liberty Realty agents are buyer's agents meaning they work for the one paying for the house, you. Not the builder, not the seller, you, the one making the most important purchase in your life. I know these folks. They care about what they do, and they'll take care of you. So call Liberty Realty at 816-833-6300. They'll give you freedom from the headaches of buying a home. That's 816-833-6300 for Liberty Realty, your buyer's agent. And tell them Chris sent you. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader, tutor or mentor, give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hey America, we're your pets and this song's dedicated to those people who don't have health insurance yet. So don't accept defeat Now you can get covered and still Buy me treats Enroll! So listen to me, a talking pug, you see If you get health insurance, preventive care is now free So sweet 
you take care of your pets. Now it's their turn to take care of you. Visit GetCoveredAmerica.org to learn about your health insurance options. That's GetCoveredAmerica.org. And take care, people. Brought to you by Get Covered America and the Ad Council. No decisions are more important than the ones you make about your child's health. That's why you should know about Shriners Hospitals for Children. Shriners Hospitals provide world-class orthopedic and burn medical care totally free of charge. And they combine it with progressive research and innovative teaching programs. There's a Shriners Hospital helping kids from this area. If you know a child that Shriners can help, hold this number for more information. Shriners, giving help and hope to kids for over 50 years. And we're back! Uh, and we're back! <laughs> uh, be- uh. Welcome back to the Dialogue Program. This is State Senator Paul Lavoie, along with Independence Mayor Pro Tem, Chris Whiting. Chris? Hello! You had a very exciting um, week this week. I and, oh, by the way, um, also Courtney. Courtney Cora is here, too. As Hi, always. Courtney. Hi. Hi. Okay. Um, but you ran a meeting. Yeah, I have run a study session before when the mayor was out of town. Mm-hmm. This week she was out of town at the Missouri Municipal League Conference in St. Charles, Missouri. Okay. And I'm sure getting lots of great information down there that she can bring back to the city and um, talking with other cities about issues that are important to us. Anyway, that left me in charge uh, serving as mayor, and I got to run my very first city council meeting. I tuned in to the local access channel watching. You did seven. You did a fine job. Really? Yes. And... um, Council member at large, DeLucci, um, kept referring to you as acting mayor, mayor pro tem, miss mayor at one point. I, I believe it was miss acting mayor, yes, or miss mayor in charge. Yeah, so I saw her ye- I saw her yesterday and said, could you just pick one and go with it? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I had that same conversation with someone today. It was really cracking me up that every time she would refer to me, it was, it was something different. Something new. And, and every time she had like a, a quizzical look on her face, like, I really don't know what to call you, so I guess I'm just going to make up something new I, this time. The words I told her was, the inconsistency was the thing that bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pick the wrong thing, but yeah, call me that keep going the whole it. time. Yeah. And the other thing is, you have your city clerk, she's your clerk. Yes. You always said, please take role, Madam City Clerk. Just well, Madam Clerk. She's... Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, come on. i just like to refer to her by her first and last name. <laughs> oh, her first name is... Yeah, she's Adam. actually... Yeah. Her, her middle name is City. No, she's <laughs> her name is City Clerk, which is great for the profession she went into, so I just throw the <laughs> madam on as a sign of respect. <laughs> that worked so, out really well. It really did. It worked out well. Yeah, plus she's a huge fan of Waylon and, Waylon and Madam, oh, that as, as we all are. So. <laughs> so so what's been going on, Chris? What, what kind of things have you been... Well, we uh, we had a good meeting. We had some stuff on there for the uh, the Department of Tourism that Councilmember DeLucy wanted to send back to staff and learn to learn a little bit more about. They they've got a pretty big budget, the Department of Tourism, uh-huh. and I, I applaud Councilmember DeLucy for just wanting to make sure that she completely understands how that money is being spent. So I mentioned earlier. We didn't get as much money as we thought we would from mm-hmm. franchise fees from our utility, our electric utility over the summer because it was cooler than we yeah. had expected. So people weren't paying as much in utility rates. So I think it's prudent um, for those of us who are in elected positions who oversee 
the spending of money to make sure that it's being spent wisely. So uh, it helped me exercise my uh, parliamentary procedure muscles a little bit. Got mm-hmm. to learn about polling items, and that's not a bad thing. And you, you, you did you did very good. You were, I mean, you ran a good meeting, and you were very open. And oh, well, thank I, I think you. you did a good job. Now, yesterday I was able to go to Blackburn School. The oh, school, yes. school you're very that's familiar with. That's the school that I went to. It's my alma mater for Constitution Day. I guess the kids made a flag. They made a. They all wore red, white, and blue, and line in line and made a flag. And it was very nice. Very nice to do that. And uh, what? Actually, I should mention this. Attended the Kansas City Credit Union Legislative Breakfast, and that was great because um, I work for a credit union. Those of you who are watching this video podcast will see I have my They'll see Community the, America the shirt on right now. On your shirt. I, I just came from from working there, and uh, so it was with local credit union leaders and legislators and so i got to stand up and say how much i'm part of the credit union movement it we're there for um the um financial um futures of our members and i like that mission i like the idea of helping people as a senator and it went um very good together um i mentioned what great leadership we have at community america didn't hurt that the ceo was in the was in the room you know that worked Mm -hmm. out good (laughs) But I kind of got myself in a little trouble because, you know, what we try to do at Community America Credit Union, and I think most credit unions are like this, they care about their members. They're going to care what their concern is. Well, I found out that uh, not only Representative Sheila Solon is a member of Community America Credit Union, but also Dr. Rob Schaff, who's a senator out of St. Joe. So they both said to me, oh, we're going to remember that next time. Senator, you're going to have to be nice to us because we're one of your members. <laughs> that will be challenging. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to soon um, um, speaking to the laborers. Uh, they host a, a labor breakfast every month, so I'm the featured speaker on a Friday morning as we record this on a Thursday. So I'm well, looking well, forward well. to that. And then um, – and I'll get into this. I'm really wanting to know what's going on with Courtney, but got to uh, tour the Truman Memorial Building uh, yesterday. Courtney and I did because we're going to work. We're working on a project where we're bringing um, dialogue to the Truman Memorial Building, where we can do like a town hall meeting. You and I there, where we're doing our regular program with the podcast and the microphones and everything else. Wow. But we're having so people So finally, there. the masses will get a chance to attend in person. Yes. They're, they're, That's yes. great. And so we looked at the facilities, and we may need your help with that mm-hmm. um, since it's a city facility. Sure. But Courtney's organizing it all. Mm-hmm. Um, what else What else has been going on with you? Um, well, I've, we've got some events that are coming up for the Senate, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. And this past week, we did a canvas for Dr. Stuber, mm-hmm. who is um, running actually in District 34 against. See, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Senator Schaff. Dr. Bob wins, and then oh, I don't have to worry about wow. Dr. Schaff. You don't have to worry about it at all. Yeah. Being a member? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So good. if nothing else, you should really work hard for Dr. Stuber okay. for that. Yeah. You know? Okay, good. Yeah. And then um, in my community, I'm working with the Excelsior Springs Area Business Women of Missouri to put together a political forum um, in Excelsior Springs that will um, essentially just have our Clay County 
countywide candidates. So it doesn't have anybody on the the state end because we don't have any contested races there. Um, mm-hmm. But you know we have quite a few um, county positions that are up, and we've got some great candidates. And so um, I wanted to be able to provide an opportunity for the Excelsior Springs community to meet face to face those folks who whose names will be on the ballot in November. And so I've been working us, on that. How about the event on October 8th? Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yes, I would love to. Um, Senator McCaskill has um, graciously you know, offered her help in putting together a fundraiser for uh, the Missouri Democratic Party's Senate project. And so this will raise money um, to go toward our targeted candidates throughout the state. And it'll be right here close to the end of the election. And that's sometimes really important for getting that last bit of money that candidates need in order to win their races. It's made the difference in the years past, and I think it could really make the difference here. So I'm really pleased with her dedication to the party. and Mm -hmm. and in. She's been a real leader this election cycle. Absolutely. Um, So it's Wednesday, October 8th, 5 to 7, at the home of Phil and Lynette Lavota, the Horse Ranch. Yeah, the estate. Yeah, the yes, estate. The sprawling Beautiful. estate. It is right. gorgeous. It so is. Um, he's he's been very nice to host that. Yeah. So if people want to come, if somehow they're listening to this and they want to attend. If you want details, then just contact us here at the show. Yeah. And, how, do they, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can uh, they can email me at Courtney at com. Okay. And uh, I'll be sure to send them back the invite so that they have what they need to attend. Yeah. We would love to have people the, attend. It's going to be a fun event. Chris, I hope you're able to come. I will be there. Um, and, it's, me? and it's a fundraiser. Okay, so, oh, you know. Bring your checkbook. Bring your checkbook. Yep. Or we, your debit card. Either yeah, one. because we oh, want we want to raise some money it. to help some good candidates, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the 24th District, Jill Shoup, um, the uh, Jefferson County area. Uh, we have a great candidate in Jeff Rorter running. Both of them are doing, very, doing a great job. 34th District which is uh, Buchanan and Platte County. Dr. Bob Stuber is running against Dr. Rob Schaff. I was getting along personally with Rob Schaff, as I mentioned before. He's the reason we don't have Medicaid expansion. He needs to retire and go. Sure. So I will help him as a member of our credit union, and I hope he gets <laughs> defeated. And it looks looks um, if we keep doing the work, we can get there. And um, Representative Ed Chiefer is also running the 10th district, which is more north um, East Missouri, and he's oh, running an open seat. So those are our most competitive districts, and um, so we're working in those terms. So, um, aren't you glad you have an election this year? I, I'm thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> it's elections are exciting. It's great to get out and meet the people. It's a it's a lot of energy. It's draining but energizing at the same time. If that even makes sense. Yeah, and and I'm thrilled. I don't have to worry. And about there's it one. Year. There's a, there's one in the city, fourth district. Yeah. Um, they're welcome to get a hold of us. If maybe we can do if they if they approach us, we can talk to them about be happy what's to, going on. Be there. happy to have them on the show. Yeah, sure. Now, part of the thing that we want to do um, when we do a dialogue. Now, remember this is this whole idea came from dialogue with Jerry Litton, who sure. was a congressman. He'd have people come every month. He'd invite a uh, Washington um, um, subject matter expert, really to come and interact in a town hall meeting format. They called it Dialogue with Lytton. And they would eat dinner, and then they'd have a town hall meeting. That sounds delicious. Yeah, doesn't that sound good? Could you bring in some food? <laughs> okay. So, um, anyway, so we're taking that idea, 
the three the the three of us mm-hmm. we're going to still do our podcast because we were radio guys we got yeah. face for radios hey, hey, hey. but we're it's but true. we're gonna we're gonna do this on the second Tuesday Thursday, Thursday of the month it's six o'clock is when you eat seven o'clock is when the when it started we still got to nail down the time but we're we're gonna have a guest every time oh I like that okay and so we need to brainstorm some guests but I thought I'd use this time. Because what we do for guests on the dialogue program is that we ask the three questions. I remember this. Do you? Vaguely. I remember the intro music for sure. Dialogue proudly presents three revealing questions. So we're going to ask three revealing questions of every guest that we have. Ooh. Same three questions? Uh-huh. And we're starting with you two. Oh, no. Oh, wow. I feel on the okay. spot. Me I don't too. even know what to say. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. In a week, right? Next week? No, I'm going to ask oh. you the questions right now. Oh, who? Courtney? Mm-hmm. All right. Good okay. luck. Thanks for putting yeah. The there, number Chris. one question is, what made you seek public involvement? Um, I think I was just born into it. It's something that is just instilled within my it's not a race we don't have to jump in there that quick. oh i thought you wanted me to go first <laughs> i did yeah i, I did and do yes. oh, okay um i don't know i think it's always just been a, a natural um part of my life my parents of course um stress the importance of understanding what's going on in our local government to me early and then that just continued to grow as i got older and realized that there's a bigger world out there and so then i became more interested in federal issues but then um as I became a teacher and was more aware of how the state affects our public school systems, then I started paying more attention to what was going on statewide, and that's where I found my true passion. So there you go. Now I need my ding, ding, ding. That's correct. All right. Well, yeah, we're the sound that. effect for that. Yeah, yeah, you have to work on that. Because it was, oh, Chris, man. how would you answer the question? The first one, why did you seek public involvement? And I want to call it public involvement because not everyone we, we're going to have is going to be an elected official. Right. Not everybody has won an election that right. we'll have right. on here. Like me. What? Oh, I didn't realize oh. that, Court. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you shouldn't have, uh, that you mentioned Blackburn Elementary School earlier. Funny? I amuse you? No. Why is it funny? <laughs> well, that's where I guess my. My affair with public involvement began. I was first wooed <laughs> by the Blackburn Student Council and wanted to be a leader mm-hmm. in my school. And I, to be quite frank with you, it was probably largely ego-driven, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to make a difference in what went on. So I chose to run for student council president and won my first election at that time in sixth grade. Back then we had sixth grade in elementary schools. You were all one room. Hmm? You were all one room, weren't you, back then? Right. So, but let's move forward. What, especially this, and this is the question I get about you a lot. Yeah. Why did you seek the city council? Because you, you I, I ran and a couple times I lost, right? And every yeah. single time I walked door to door, and you were the guy walking door to door with me. Right. So, and then you saw the, I would say, the trials and tribulations and the struggle of it. Mm-hmm. But you still wanted to get into it. So, I saw the ups, I saw the downs. It, watching you persevere through multiple elections that didn't go the way you wanted them to go, but continuing to fight for your community was inspiring to me. And I thought, I would like to be a part of that. And then I had two children. 
Mm-hmm. Two young girls who live in Independence and who love this community. Mm-hmm. They love their school. They love their city. They have a lot of pride in it. And I don't want to sit idly by and rely on everybody else and just assume, oh, the, the city's going to go in a great direction. Yeah. I, I want to have a hand in that. I want to do everything I can, bring everything I have to the table to make sure that our city continues in a good direction. So my daughters continue to live in a wonderful city, you know, and God willing, hopefully want to stay here and raise their families here. That's very admirable. This after you've even seen the struggles that you still want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know any better, right? Yeah. So so I mean what the way I, I answer this is is that when you grow up in Independence, Missouri and you see the the example of Harry Truman and you see that um, he persevered and was a normal American that wanted to give back mm-hmm. through leadership. There were, he wasn't royalty. He wasn't even a millionaire or anything. He was a haberdasher. Right. He in a farmer, and he just just did it. And that made me think, well, I could maybe do this too. Mm-hmm. And then you read about Lincoln, and you hear the struggles he went through and his determination to, to keep going. And then you see your own, my own dad who um, didn't like um, kids walking down 35th Street without a sidewalk. So he decided to run for office. And he was told, oh, you'll never win. You're an Italian. You'll never win in independence. And he persevered because he cared about that. Mm-hmm. And you see a mom I have who is um, strong and always pushed me to do the right thing. To me, there was no other thing to do but to go in the public service. And I always wanted to do it. Sure. And, um, you know, it's so natural to me that, you know, people are like, well, how could you run? It, to me, it's natural. It's a hard for. I mean, you know, you've known me longer than anybody. You know, it's just something I've always felt like this is my what I like to do and what I'm good at. So that's what brought me. That was my, did I win that answer? Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. Okay, so the second second question is, who is your political hero alive Ooh. or dead maybe? Ooh. Courtney. Um, This is difficult to do because I admire so many in my field. However... Um, I'll choose someone dead so nobody gets offended right. <laughs> that I don't choose them. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, Senator Paul Wellstone, whenever I was running for office, I took the time to read you know, several of his books that he had written. Um, and he placed a large emphasis on grassroots, you know, running your campaign grassroots, because then you're more in touch with those who you're going to represent. And I really felt like that was important. And I tried Mm -hmm. to, you know, do that throughout my campaign. And I felt like I became a stronger candidate because of that. And then also just looking at the different positions that he has on um, the different issues, you know, he was he was very much a true progressive. Yeah. And um, uncompromising. Absolutely. You know, and I really feel like um, our world lost something when Mm -hmm. we lost him. Absolutely. And so it it saddens me. He died in a, in a plane wreck. Yes, mm. yeah. And so it saddens me that we don't still have him here. However, we're lucky enough that we did have him here for as long as we did and that he was able to accomplish the work that he did so that hopefully we can continue that. Mm-hmm. Wow. You got to well follow that, done. Chris. I know. <laughs> Your political hero. Yeah, and I'm going to sound like a, uh, a kiss bottom. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too offensive here. But I'm going to say that it's you, Paul. Besides me, thank you, but I mean, come no, on. I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Oh, and here's that's why. very nice of you. Here's why, okay? Because I make you come do this ridiculous podcast every week with me. Hey, it's important for Sam that we yeah, do this. Yeah, okay, <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> no, I could, I could talk about people historically that I've read about, 
but I haven't known them. But I have seen you every step of the way from when we were 15 years old, spending the night together, um, all on the up and up. And you telling me from the get-go, when I grow up, I want to be a politician. And that was your desire. That was your goal. And you accomplished it. And we, we already talked about you losing. And, mm-hmm. and I saw that tear you up, quite frankly, emotionally. But you didn't let go of the dream and the desire to help and make a difference. So to watch you go through that, that's what inspired me to want to give back and to be that close to it. So I wow. watch you every step of the way. Thank you. You're you're my political hero. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I don't know how to follow that. I'm crying. Yeah, that's that's very nice. I'm glad I have that on tape too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would answer the I would answer the question with Harry Truman because he was a normal guy. Abraham Lincoln was a normal guy. Um, you just said two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always they come together, and but I really admired Mel Carnahan. Hmm. And when I ran those races and lost, Mel Carnahan was helpful to me, and I felt like he had a vision and led. What's interesting about the idea that I always looked up to Mel Carnahan as I ran, I wanted to be in the House when he was the governor. You talk to the legislators back then, and they're like, oh, Mick Carnahan, because legislators don't like the governor. I don't know if that's ever been a... It's never come across on this show. <laughs> that's strange. Yeah, yeah it's weird. <laughs> so so that's, that's... And I remember um, going to his funeral in Jefferson City and thinking, i got to run again. i got to mm-hmm. run again. This is just too much. I, I just got to do it. So that that that's one I would add. Well, okay. The last question: If you could wave a magic wand and get one thing done um, from a public policy point of view, what would it be? Uh, the Equal Rights Amendment being e- passed so that women have equal rights. Mm-hmm. Good. Oh wow, that's a tough one because I'm trying to think in my current position. What I would change in the city if I could wave a magic wand. Um, and you may get there eventually. I'm just mean something you'd like to. So I mean, this isn't public policy necessarily, but I would like to see independence not be a bedroom community with primarily retail jobs. I want us to have real industry and jobs in this city. So that we are a, a thriving community that young people, young families want to move to because of the opportunities that abound. That, that's, that's public policy. That's right. good. There you go. And, and mine, mine is health care. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to have health care. Mm-hmm. I think Medicaid expansion is a huge part of that. Um, I think that Obamacare is a, a step forward. But I think if everyone has a right to health care in this country, then businesses will grow because we won't have to worry about that. Um, Preventive care will happen, so we don't have to see our loved ones um, battle through cancer in the future. I just think everyone should have access to health care. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a lot of people um, don't like Obamacare. They don't like Medicaid expansion. I think we're going to look back, and this is going to be a turning point, even though right now his popularity is at the bottom. I think he showed a lot of courage by having that, and I hope we um, can do the right thing in Missouri and expand Medicaid and then continue to do those things. Because I just think that is a very, I mean, I don't see it just as people feeling good. I think that's a business. You grow your biz- businesses because so, you don't have to go to, I don't know, a big corporation to get health care. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm mm-hmm. looking your way out. Right. 
you can, you can have it and, and take it. And that that uh, entrepreneur spirit um, is not um, under someone's thumb just because you need health care for your family. Right. So that's the dialogue three questions. That's a great preview for our guests. Yeah. Yeah. I don't can't imagine. Dialogue proudly presents three revealing. I questions. can't imagine a, a guest is going to have his answers as good as any of ours. <laughs> Please, if you, yeah. if you think about it. Good luck with that one, so, your guests. <laughs> so we're not going to get anybody on our program. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'll get some people who want to talk to some folks in a, in a public forum. So, um, what else? What um, last week is so heavy. This week, a little bit of information. What else am I missing before we sign off? You know, I just, uh, I'll mention a couple of things coming up in my fair city. Uh, one, this is kind of neat for little kids that get excited about, you know, kids that play with Tonka trucks and like fire trucks and stuff. We're having the um, interestingly titled Touch a Truck event <laughs> Saturday, September 20th from 10 to noon at the Independence Event Center. And you can bring your kid out and they can get a look at all kinds of trucks and specialized vehicles up close and you can look at power and light trucks and public works and police and fire. So if you've got a kid that, you know, just gets really jazzed about police cars and fire engines, have them come on out and they can get up close and personal. Maybe even honk the horn. What? So, yes. yeah. Hey, can I jump in real quick? Please. Excelsior's having one on the same day. They're having a touch of truck yeah, the event? the exact same thing at nine, from 930 to 1130, and it'll be at the Excelsior Springs High School Performing Arts Center parking lot. And they're bringing in big trucks and doing the same thing. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. Oh, that's very neat. And you're going to take your daughter there? I'm going to take my daughter, yeah. Good. good. And we're having community-wide garage sale, and also the downtown merchants are having a sale as well. So everybody, after you're done in Independence, come on over to Excelsior. Yeah, come on out. That Get some uh, great deals. <laughs> that's great. And then as you head back to Independence in the evening time, if you have a daughter between the ages of 4 <laughs> and 10, you can bring her to the Little Princess Ball. Aww. And it's just an evening of fun for fathers or brothers or uncles or grandfathers to, to spend time with the little girls that are so important in their lives. And uh, that's at the Truman Memorial Building where dialogue will be taking Home place in the future. Home of dialogue. And it's, uh, it's $30 per couple. And come on out and just have a, a great time at the Little Princess Ball after you've touched your trucks. <laughs> oh boy oh, what else Courtney anything else like? um, I don't think so I think we pretty much covered it throughout the show okay you can always get a hold of us on Twitter on um, Facebook mm-hmm. emails it's pretty easy to get a hold of us yeah. right yeah. but if you got any we'll feedback let us know we're trying to expand this and talk to more folks and, mm-hmm. and keep you more informed and Chris is there anything else you think you should add well uh, nothing specific other than I think this is probably by far one of our best shows in comparison to our others, which were also very good. <laughs> Every man has a place in his heart, there's a space, and the world can't erase his fantasy. Ship fantasy, all your dreams.